Welcome to Rebel Without Applause, where we explore the intersection of sports, entertainment, and culture. I'm your host, Maurice Bob, and today we have a very special guest on the line. He is a super middleweight boxer, hailing from Lynn, Massachusetts, with yes, a record of 17 and 1, with 11 of those wins coming by knockout. And he's got the best nickname in the game, Flatline. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ronald Akeem Ellis to the program. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How's everybody doing out there? How you doing, boss? Hey, I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm trying to hang. Uh, you know, I guess we're trying to get to the other side of this COVID thing. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. what about you? How you holding up? You know, doing what I can, you know, trying to stay in shape, you know, get ready for this fight I got coming up. Middleweight now, not a super middleweight. We went oh, down. okay, okay. Middleweight, okay. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. You know, we I'm a big middleweight, but we working. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. But this COVID, you know, it makes everything a little bit harder. But hopefully everybody's staying safe out there. Okay, cool, man. Cool. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get into all of that, you know, uh, especially the uh, the change to uh, middleweight. Um, so, you know, this program is called Rebel Without Applause, obviously. And uh, what I like to do is start things off with, uh, you know, a pretty uh, simple yet you know, kind of deep dive question, you know, as you look back on your, you know, your short life so far, what would you say is your most rebellious moment? Uh, man, my most rebellious moment? Oh, uh, man, it's a whole lot, man. We can't even speak about them. It's just, you know, I am who I am, man. <laughs> it's a space space. Poison. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's, it's hard, man. It is what it is. Okay. Um. So, you know, you were born in Lynn, Mass. Um, yeah. You know, what was it like for you growing up there? Uh, you know, there's, a, there's kind of a lot of uh, misconceptions about uh, the Boston type area. You know, what was it like for you growing up? Me growing up, man, you know, they got a little saying about Lynn. Lynn, Lynn, city of sin. You never come out the way you come in. Lynn's really wow. like a little, yeah, it's really a gritty place. It, it's hard to say, man. If you ain't never been there, it's just a few of us make it out, if any. So I'm just working. I'm just trying to be the best I can be. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, you know, were you kind of pushed into boxing because of the surroundings or like, how did that, how did boxing come up? Boxing came up because, you know, I used to get into a lot of fights, a lot of, you know, a lot of fights with a lot of kids at school, stuff like that. And my uncle was like, hey, he used to box in Chicago, the Odie Wood. And then he was like, I got a boxing gym. And I used to be doing the karate stuff. But it was like, you know, it was too slow. It was one point here, one point there. I wanted to get in. I wanted to get it cracking, get in there and do what I had to do. So he told me about a boxing gym and um, it just went from there. I went there, did a few things. They said, oh, you're a natural. I was like, oh, they just trying to get my money. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I started doing what I had to do. I started beating people up. I'm like, oh, it feels right. Then once they told me I could get paid in the future, I said, all right, let me buckle down. Forget football, forget basketball, forget all that. Oh wow. Okay. So the the whole you're a natural thing is not just some kind of made up thing. What is it? What is it about being a natural? Like having great reflexes, power um, in the punch, yeah. like Yeah, yeah. They said I always had like a good punch, you know, they'll put me on the bag, put me on the steps, and I used to just get everything so quick. It was just like, Oh yeah, oh I feel good. Everything was just coming so fluent to me. Then my little brother and my little sister followed, so we just took it from there. So, you know, obviously a lot a lot of us, you know, take part in, you know, different sports as kids or what have you. Um, yeah. But what made you sort of not just 
gravitate towards this, but like stick with it and get to a point where you saw where it might be, you know, something that you could do, you know, as a career. You know what it is, truthfully? Like, I was always, like, in the gym doing what I had to do. Um, but I used to love sparring. Like, I used to love just beating people up. So, <laughs> coach, coach, even coach used to trick me, like, hey, we got some sparring for you. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there. I'll get to the gym. They're like, oh, he didn't show up. But you're here already. You might as well work out. <laughs> My little brother and sister, you know, they'll work out every day, do what they had to do. But I was always a little knucklehead. So, and, you know, it was give and take. But um, the thing that really opened me up to get back to your question was um, I won national Golden Gloves because I okay. went there, yeah, and everybody thought my little brother was gonna win because you know he's always in the gym doing the right thing, and I was always messing up. So they was like, "Oh, I ain't gonna get past the first round." Even the homies I was with, they was like, "Bro, you fighting anybody in the USA? You, you sure you ready?" I said, "Trust me, I'm gonna win." And nobody, anybody doubted me, but I pulled through and I won 2000 national, 2000 national Golden Gloves. And after that, I said, you know what? I'm all right. Let me just start doing it for real. Okay. So is it as, you know, I don't know, uh, seedy as it sounds like, you know, what's it like to actually try to get into pro boxing? Um, you um, know, is it is all about finding the right trainer, manager? Like what's. Yeah. Oh, man. We could go. We could talk forever about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But truthfully, you know, everything was better when it was in the amateurs. When you was doing it for free. It felt like, you know, everybody had the love for it. Once it starts getting into money, it's like, yo, everybody's going to get what they could get out of you, and then you're gone. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so like, to answer that, yeah, you got to find the right manager, the right promoter. You know, promoter comes later on. You just got to do what you got to do. And you can't – some people, they get put in too deep in the beginning, and it, it's hard. Boxing's really a hard, hard game, man. Did it help? Now you have a brother that's a boxer too, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and a little sister. She's in the um. She's doing golden gloves. I mean, I said golden gloves. She's doing the um, Olympics. She's supposed to be doing this year, but they're going. You know, they postponed it because of the COVID to next year. But she's on the Olympic team. And my little brother, he's twenty two and zero. He's fighting um on Halloween night. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, that's got to be a great you know uh, camaraderie to have some people that are that close to you that are also you know, following the same passion as you, you know, how do you guys vibe and come together and kind of learn from each other and lean on each other uh, um, through this, this crazy sport? Um, You know, my little brother and sister, they were always like, you know, they were two years apart. So they were sparring partners and stuff. My little sister used to beat them up. Nobody knows that. But like, you know, they follow my footsteps. My father used to wake us up before, before sparring. I mean, before school, make us run. But when I ran on the days that before school, School will be a breeze. I won't be all lazy. So, ah, man, my father just kept pushing us. That's what it really was. What was it, you know, can you remember, like, either one of his mantras or, like, one of the lessons that he taught you early on that really kind of stuck with you and dug in to make you kind of drive for it? Yeah, you know what? My pops always told me, whatever I do, make sure you do it 100%. He said, if you're going to be, you know, not saying any bad things, he said, if you're going to be a thief, you got to be the best thief out there. If you want to be a doctor, be the best doctor out there. So I ran with that, you know? I always try to be the best at whatever I used to do. And, you know, football, basketball, and all that stuff, you had a team with you, so it was easy to blame somebody else. Like, oh, you did this, you do that. Boxing, you know, you got a team with you, but it's really just you in there, kid. Nobody take those punches for you, can't nobody throw those punches for you. So I really, you know, took into that by myself stuff, you know? 
because I played football, I played basketball, I blame everybody. It could be my fault, I'm blaming somebody else. I, it don't matter. But boxing, you can't blame nobody, so I loved it more. So, you know, in that regard, you know, I, I've heard various things about, you know, boxing. And, and one of the things that kind of really stuck out to me is you don't really know what kind of fighter you are or, or whatever until you get that first big hit. Uh, can you talk to me about kind of when you had first experienced like the big hit and kind of how you were able to navigate that and, and how it changed your view on it? All right, let me see. My first big hit. Yeah, you know, Mike Tyson said everybody got a plan until you get punched in your mouth. Am I right? Yes. So um, it was probably my first fight. That's when I, you know, in my first amateur fight, I lost my first amateur fight. So, okay. you know, um, I hit the kid. He's bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, yo, I'm winning. So he keeps tapping me and running. I didn't understand the game. I'm like, I'm winning. I ain't got to hit him. He's bleeding. He's running. He's hurt. But it went by points. But with that being said, the, the when you first get a hit, and it's like, that that tells everything. Because, you know, everybody says, you, you know, you can, you can have a heart. You can have whatever. But your chin's the same. If you can't take a hit, you can't take a hit. Wow. Okay. So... You know, when you take that first, like you said, you, you got a an early loss. What yeah. was it like kind of mentally to overcome such an early loss, you know, at that stage? Oh, yeah. You know, I was young. I was, what, 14. It was like, it's over. I can't believe I lost. I had him bleeding. And then I had a rematch right away. I made sure I fought that kid right away. We got that out the way. Uh, so you got right back on the horse. You didn't yeah, win. right back on the horse because I said, I can't go on like this. You know, <laughs> I had to go back to basketball and all that. Everybody's like, what happened? You lost? They don't understand it. So I said, you know what? I ain't losing again. And I had to do what I had to do. I, I, you know, I totally understand that, man. Um, so, you know, we know that, you know, your record is 17 and one. So that's yep. your pro record. But what was like your amateur record and kind of, you know, walk, talk me through the, the steps and progression, you know, of your amateur. Uh, See, my amateur record, I only had about uh, 25 fights. Okay. Yeah, I was probably was like 21 and four. But the thing about me, I only fought like big tournaments. Like, okay. It was hard to get me to fight these little shows over here. Because if you look at my little brother, and I never was on like the Olympic team and all that. So, you know, that plays a big part. My little sister probably got 100 plus fights. My little brother got 100 plus fights. And like I told you before, I was always like a knucklehead. So I was always messing up doing what I had to do. It, it, it was weird. So I had 25 fights, but I won national voting gloves. So, okay. you know, a lot of, and then when I was fighting the guys at the nationals, everybody had 70 fights, hundred fights. So they kept me out right when I got there. And, and, and I won it. I won it. So was the, was the kind of volume of fights other, other fighters had, was that any intimidating at all? Or did they like no, coming? Like what? I had less fights, but I was always in the gym sparring, the Peter Manfredo's, the Sam Solomon's. I was always sparring good pros, like, coming up. So it was like, because I just like to fight. So they'll put me in there with the guys, and I and I hold my own. If not, I'll beat them up. We ain't going to put them out there. But, you know, I was beating a lot of pros up at the amateur ranks. So then they was like, hey, I got something going. I just didn't fight as regular as I should. I wish I did. I would now, it's got to be, you know, uh, I can imagine – when you win something significant like a Golden Gloves National, that's got to be a significant moment uh, to really, really validate, you know, that you've made the right choice. Walk me through how that felt and how, you know, talked about the fight that actually won it. And when you got that, what it did for you mentally and kind of moving forward. I, I ain't going to hold you. The fight that won it, 
Like when I first when I first got there, I went one fight at a time. Nobody, once again, nobody believed in me. My little brother, he was a superstar. He was whooping everybody's ass. He was doing what he had to do. And you know me, I was kind of like, oh shit, do I belong here? Okay. And then the first fight, I got through the first fight. The second fight, I got a stoppage. Third fight, I got a stoppage. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm really hurting these boys. And the one, the fight that won it was um, I fought Terrell Gachet. If nobody knows him, a lot of people know him. He's with PBC. He's um, from Cleveland. That that was a great fight. Me and him went at it. It could have went either way. I ain't going to lie to you. And then, you know, and he was runner-up. So I think he was probably number one in the nation at that time. So I'm like, damn, I got no choice. I mean, I got no, like, in my head, you know, I'm like, ah, I made it to the finals. It is what it is. And then uh, I don't know who it was, but his coach walked by or somebody. He's like, you got to be out of your mind. And then the trigger switched in my head. Like, you know what? Uh, I ain't no sucker. I ain't no sucker. Yeah. <laughs> and we just went in there, we banged it out, and I pulled it off. So he, he woke up a sleeping giant, right? With that, yeah, with no that, lie, uh, no lie. Shout out to me and his homie to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I could imagine that would just like, oh, you don't think I could do it, huh? Okay. Exactly. I can show you better than I can tell you. Exactly. For sure. Um, so, you know, talk to me about, you know, after you, you got that big achievement in your boxing career from that point on, when did you turn pro and like, what made you decide to go pro from that point? Hey, it, like me going pro was it, I don't know. I, I feel like I got, you know, how do I say it? Like Tyrone went to the Olympics and he was the Olympian. So I beat him in the, um, uh, golden gloves. And then, you know, they had like a point system. I wasn't doing that many tournaments. So then I went to Puerto Rico and I was sparring out there, working out there with my coaches, you know, my little brother's coaches still to this day. I was working with them and they had a pro show coming up. And then I was like, oh, you can make some money. So why not? Uh, you know, you can go pro. You'll be a beast in the pros. You've been sparring pros forever. So I did that. And then after that, USA called me like, hey, you're not going to this tournament? I'm like, Damn, y'all could have called me two days earlier. Wow. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Once you fight pro, it's over with. Wow. Tell me about up. that. Like, to miss out on a possible chance at the Olympics and you know that, you know, you had the skills, you had the, you know, you had the, the skills to go in there and, make, and take care of business. What was that like for you to try to, you know, get past that sort of, uh, I don't know, disappointment? Yeah, you know, it was just like, you know what? So I'm just going to show what I got to do, show what I could do in the pros. You know, it was like, hey, you can't cry over spilled milk. Everybody happy? So just pack your stuff up and do what you can go and go for it. And I'm still running to this day. So, you know, something, something got to give. Okay, I feel you on that. Um, now, you, you, know, you said you said you spent time in uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. What was that like for you? Because uh, I'm getting this picture of, uh, I'm sure you saw Creed. Uh, he was down and, and, and doing these crazy fights in Mexico or whatever. Was it like that or, or am I off base? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Puerto Rico was really welcoming and stuff. When I got there, I was doing marathons and stuff. They used to call me Shaka Zulu. You know, it was crazy, bro. But it wasn't like that. But, you know, later on in my career, I fought in Mexico a bunch of times and stuff like that. So it is what it is. I like it. I liked it. Now, for the um, you know the unformed boxer that hasn't seen you in action, you know, talk about your fighting style. What what's it? You know, if you had to describe it, you know, how would you describe it? Uh, my fighting style. 
I'll probably say like, you know, because I got long reach and all that, like it's more like a Tommy Hearns. They'll say like, I'm a Tommy Hearns. I want to stay outside, but that's not me. I'm a dog. I want to fight. Coach always got to push me back. Like, come on, man. Yo, yo, use your boxing, use your boxing. But I'm trying to get it over with quick. You know, we don't get paid for overtime. So <laughs> I want to get in there and do what I got to do. And um, I'm a big puncher. You know, a lot of people have been missing screw because I had a lot of surgeries, you know. I got two, three surgeries on the same hand, so I couldn't really show it. But last fight, I started, like, you know, really sitting down. And they're going to see. My next fight, they're going to see. I'm a real big puncher, and I love to fight inside, but I got the long arms to keep you outside. So everybody will compare me to Tommy, but I'm more like a Marvin Hagler. Okay, now with a name like Flatline, I mean, you must have a mean one-hitter quitter. I did, you know, and then since he surgeries, I even had to change the name Flatline. I had to change it to Reckless. It's Ronald Reckless Ellis from now on. <laughs> Reckless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, sometimes coach, coach going to try to hold me back, but it's no more. I'm going for broke. You can mark my words. I'm going for broke every fight from now on. Now, you know, who was your favorite boxer growing up? And, like, who did you try to, at least in the beginning, you know, mimic your fighting style after? Um, at first, I used to swear I had the best head movement. I used to call myself Magic Man. I used to try to be like Sweet Sweet P. I tried to be like Pernell. And then I started really trying to, once I started laying people down, knocking them out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Hagler. Yeah, we're from Massachusetts. I'm going to bring Massachusetts back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, I mean, that's really a good, um, you know, a good measuring stick to uh, kind of go after. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, again, some some people, like, compared you to Felix uh, Trinidad. Did you did you see that at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's crazy because, you know, the whole upright style, the left hook, everybody's you know, you're like Tito, you're like Tito, especially when I was in Puerto Rico. I was smacking them boys around. They say, yeah, you got something here. You got something. <laughs> yo, Tito, I used to watch a lot of Tito. That's one thing about me. When it comes to fighting, I watch every fighter. I love Roberto Duran on the inside fighting. I take a lot from him, and that's why I love being on the inside. I watch Tommy Hearns. I watch... At, if you name a fight, I probably watch the fight from heavyweights to featherweights. You know what I'm saying? My boxing vocab, my boxing encyclopedia is pretty good, man. Okay, no, we're not we about to test that then. Okay, oh, so. no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me hear something, man. Uh, no, it'll, it'll be an easy one. Um, you know, since you've watched so many fighters, yeah. you know, could you give me your top top three in order of all my time? Top three in order. Oh, man, let me see. I'm going to have to, at the top, oh, man, I'm going to go with Hagler. I've been talking right. about him all day. I got to go with Hagler. That's probably my go-to. And then Roberto Duran. Hands of Stone. Huh? Hands of Stone. Yeah, Hands of Stone. You know that. You got to put those punches there. And yeah. then for the last one, oh, this one's probably going to be Terry, Terry, Terry Norris. Terrible Terry Norris, man. Just his whole attitude that he brought to the game. I feel like that's how, if they wasn't slowing me down so much, they'll probably be like, you know what? <laughs> but it's coach, it's coach in my back pocket. They're always slowing me down. So now you mentioned a, a great point there where, you know, you said like coaches have had to kind of pull you back a little bit. So talk to me about kind of this thing in boxing where it becomes like this science. So now obviously you have a, a, a mean punch, you know, you like, like you said, you like to get inside. But, you know, there's also the cerebral part of it. And you think about a fighter like a Floyd Mayweather, he's more cerebral than power and, and things like that. How hard it is to kind of combine the two and, you know, uh, 
where do you think you are in your journey in combining? Yeah, see, it's hard to combine them. Like, like it's Floyd Mayweather made the best point. It's hit and don't get hit. People forget that. Everybody want to be macho, man. And then if you have that inside of you, you're going to try to bring that out. Because every fight, I'm like, you know what, coach? I'm going to try to knock him out. They're like, nah, man. You got to slow down. And, you know, now that I'm getting older, I'm getting a little bit smarter. And everything's playing how it's supposed to play out. You know? It, it's really hard. But if you could balance that early on in your career, you're going to be all right. Floyd was just ahead of the game. He was like no. that since, since a baby. You know what I'm saying? He'd been bred to that. But if you if you working on it and try to you, every fight counts and every fight you're gonna learn a little bit more you're gonna get a little bit smarter, and, you know. So like you know when you're in the ring, like you know, kind of we're gonna go through your eyes. Now when you're in the ring, are things moving at a hundred miles an hour or do they slow down? You know, now so are you fight, able to kind of think? You know what? The best fight, the la my last fight was probably like. The, that loss that I had was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought I won it, but I'm not a judge. So <clears throat> I started learning, like, and, and I was panicking. I was rushing everything. The last fight was probably the best fight. I went down to 160. I felt like the bigger guy. Everything was slow. Everything was to my pace. I controlled it. I did what I had to do. And it was the kid's a great fighter. So, you know, you get to, when you relax in there, you can see the punches. You can do what you do. When you're just going off a, yeah, emotions, it's hard. Like, it, you're making it harder on yourself. When you can settle okay. down and really sit in the pocket and do what you got to do, it, it it's a, makes a major difference. And, geez, man, I'm over here sweating already. <laughs> I just finished working out. I'm trying to change up for the interview, and I'm still, I'm still sweating, man. <laughs> yeah, we get you hyped. do another workout after this. You're killing me. <laughs> we get you hyped. That's a good thing. Um, You know, so I guess that you know, your best power comes from this like place of place of peace. So when you can slow things down, you probably can and connect better, you know, look for better angles and, and, and things like that and be way more effective. Is that kind of what you saw in this last fight to kind of get you to a better place? You said it. That's exactly what it is. You know, when you calm down, because when you know when you're hyper, you're like, you're just throwing, you're just throwing. You're listening to the crowd, you're doing all this other stuff. When you relax, you settle down, you can like you said, you could place your punches better. You could maneuver better. You could turn them. You could hold them. You know, there's, and that's what people need to know. You know, this. If you're playing 10, 12 rounds, it is what it is. The guy gets the best of you in the beginning of the rounds. You settle down, and you know it's a long fight. You're gonna get that back. Don't try to force it. Get clipped with something stupid. It's boxing. It's boxing. There's 10 rounds. If you ain't if you ain't knocked out, you can always get those points back. Exactly. You gotta play that long game. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. So. Uh, now you've uh, sparred, like you said, you sparred with some major people. You sparred with uh, Canelo Alvarez, right? Yeah, Canelo, Kovalev, uh, a bunch of people, man. There's names out there. Madonna back in the day, mm -hmm. Kelly Pavlik, that's the homie. I, I, if you name him, I probably sparred him. Wow. So, so Canelo, Canelo was, you know, he played a big part. I was there for five camps, so that that was real solid work. And you know, I ain't gonna be around over there because usually he knocked them off and sent them home. If you see me in five camps, I got to be doing something, right? Wow. So what is it about sparring? Is that a real true way to kind of see how you stack up against the best? Like, you know, are you kind of seeing how you stack up against Canelo when you're doing it? Of course. Of course. You know, other people go as a, that sparring mentality. Like, I'm a sparring partner. I've seen it. Sparring partners get beat up. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm getting my money. 
truthfully, they could keep the money. I just wanted to whip your ass regardless. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to measure myself. So every time I go there, and that's why they call me back, because it ain't even about the little sparring money they're giving you. I want to see where I'm at. Because if I'm whooping you in the gym, I can be whooping anybody you whooping, and I go whoop, and I and I should be making just as much. So uh, let's take uh, Canelo for, uh, specifically. Uh, yeah. What do you think you kind of saw within your sparring, and how do you tweak yourself, you know, to where you, you came out of all those sparring sessions a better, uh, you know, round? Every camp I got better because you know the first camp they treated me like a sparring partner. The first camp okay. I tell everybody that they you know they spar you, they go home, they didn't let you train at their gym and all that. But you know you gotta understand he's the champion. He keep his gym private. We had to go somewhere else. <clears throat> the next the next camp they're like yeah I like this kid. I started training with him. Third camp I started you know running with him, doing his little weight exercises, <clears throat> and I always pick up everything. His exercises I just see what they're doing and I'm picking up everything and I'm doing what I gotta do on my free time. I'm trying to better myself. But I learned a lot from those camps. And it makes you better. At the end of the day, you try stuff. You're like, oh, if it's working on him, it can work on the next man. And it's it's honestly true. Because when you go back and you sparring other people, you're breaking them down. You're like, wait a minute, what happened? You got better. I just been learning. So I, I, imagine... I, was like school. I was getting paid to go to school. When I was ah, in those okay. camps, I was getting paid to go to school because I was learning. Everybody else take their ass whoopers and go home. I was learning. I wasn't getting my ass about their acts about me. <laughs> so I imagine, you know, when you're there, like you said, you're holding your own. You're uh, standing there toe to toe right there with him. Do you ever kind of question yourself and say, OK, what's the difference between Canelo and me? Why is he so successful and, you know, making the big money, that type of thing? Do you ever kind of question that part of it and just like, OK, what do I need to get to that level? Every time I lace my boots up, every time I'm in there lacing my boots up and I see everybody, you know, on his Johnson and all that, it's like, damn, what you doing different? But he just dedicated himself way more and he made the right, you know, then that goes with your promoter and all that stuff. They put you in the right fight at the right time. You could be a superstar. Any, anybody with the half talent, they could be a superstar. You know what I'm saying? There's other fighters out there that don't even have half as talent as me. They getting that, you know, they getting that bag. They getting money. So you uh, know, hey, everybody just don't have the same path. Am I right? Some people gotta exactly. keep going. So I go back to Marvin Hagler. When I get mine, it's gonna be worth it. When I get mine, it's gonna be worth it. But I ain't stop until I get mine. Exactly. Uh, now you know I can't speak for you, but I think if I was in your shoes, I I, I have a tendency to be to get kind of compare myself to others and, you know, get a little bit jealous. And how do you control that part of it and keep kind of in your own lane and your own path? Uh, like you said, everybody got a path. So I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe this is for me. But like you said, I, I'm, I'm looking at the long run. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And when I get it, I'm holding on to that. Ain't nobody taking it from me. So I, you know, it's like, you know, if if you get something and then you have to work a little bit harder for it, you appreciate it more. You know what I'm saying? Nothing been handed to me my whole life. You know, I had a whole bunch of setbacks in my career. And, you know, people might think that, think this. But now it's just time. I just got to show everybody wrong. Like, with my next fight, I'm really going to put on the show. And then this, it's, the sky's the limit from there. I want all the big names because I feel like I've been in here for a long time. Everybody's been overlooking me. I just need mines. I just want to get mine. They can have it when I'm done. Nice. Um, 
So um, you only have like one one loss on your record, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, and that was with uh, DeAndre Ware. Yeah. Uh, can you take me back to that particular fight? Because um, you know, losing is not your, not your thing. So you yeah. know, when you look back, what could you have done differently to have a you know the, the more uh, favorable outcome? Oh uh, man, that fight, man. You know, there's no excuses. But I felt like I boxed the shit out of him, and I went and I asked for the rematch right away. Never got it, so I just went to 160. Uh, I felt like I boxed. I boxed him all around the ring. I did what I had to do, but I was more like you know just jabbing him, sticking out because I broke my right hand. But there's no excuses. Like I broke my hand in the fight. It was hurting all camp, and it really broke in the fight. So I had surgery after that fight, but I felt like I still outboxed him. But that made me really open up like all right these judges ain't on my side so i really gotta make them feel embarrassed to take a fight from me because it was close and i let it be close i could have really sat down and tried to get him out of there you know there was a lot of things towards that fight but that made me the man who i am today that probably was the best thing that ever happened to me because then you know deandre went on and he fought his next fight got stopped and all that so everything plays a role I, I went to my next fight. I went down to 160 and had the best fight of my best fight of my career on paper. So everything happens for a reason. Nice. So you know, you said at one point you had broken your hand. You know, how can you keep fighting after something like that? Is it just adrenaline? Are you taped up so good that you know you can kind of pay, go get through it? Like, well, walk me through that part. Oh man, the first time I ever broke my hand was my first Showtime fight with Jerry Odom. So, you know, me and him's giving it up. Jerry Odom could hit. So me and him's going at it. I break it. I go I go back and I'm like, yo, coach, I think my hand's broken. He said, but you got, you got another hand, don't you? I said, yeah. you know what, you're right. He was like, it ain't broken. I'm like, I'm telling you, it broken. He was like, now go out there. And that's when I had my first daughter. And I said, you know what, baby need a, baby need a new house. Baby need a new apartment. Yeah, we're going to work through this. And I hurt my hand so much, yeah. The last fight was probably the best fight. I, I had no pain in my hand. Shout out to Grant for that. They gave me those super gloves. So I didn't have hand injuries since last year. And hopefully we stick to that. Cause I hurt I broke my hand twice, had surgery three times. It's like, come on, man. When is it gonna give? So I didn't have no hand problems for a whole year and a half. So we're gonna stick to that. Now that's gotta be crazy because you know. Obviously, as a boxer, your hands are your moneymaker, just like if you were a soccer player and something, you something happened to your foot, uh, ankle or whatever, you know, so kind of everything stops. You know, how did you get through those, you know, times where you have to be patient and let yourself heal and, you know, that kind of disappointment of uh, that major injury? Yeah, see, the funny thing about that, you know, we all got to make money. We all got to live. So I took some fights when I knew my hand was broken. I knew I shouldn't have been back. And that's probably what backtracked me. I fought Christopher Booker on Showbox, you know, it was a Showbox fight. I'm like, hey, I could get some money. I could show what I had to do. I went into that fight with one hand, whooped his, you know, got a um, got a unanimous decision. There was a lot of fights I went in there injured. And now that I know I ain't doing no more favors for no promoters, it's all about me at this point. Because when you do favors, that shit don't pay. Excuse my language, it, it, don't, it don't pay off. I did them a favor fighting DeAndre. I went in there hurt. And, you know, it didn't pay off for me. Because once you lose or whatever, everybody looks at you different. But if I didn't take the fight and came back how I supposed to 100% and knocked him out, then I would have been the man. So no more favors. I'm doing what I got to do for myself. 
Exactly. And, you know, I, I, like you said, sometimes you have to take your own journey and kind of learn these, these things, uh, you know, for yourself. And you know, it just makes you a better, not just a best, better boxer, but a better man, better person. Better person. And you can really, you know, uh, apply it to all facets of your life. Uh, so, you know, you used to train with uh, Robert Garcia, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. That's so my he, boy, he's pretty, yeah, he's pretty famous. That's what I got, uh, man. <laughs> just moved too far because I live in Woodland Hills. He he over there in uh, Riverside, but we still cool. I got okay. nothing bad to say about Robert. That's the homie. So, you know, what was it like uh, training with him and what did you learn the most under, uh, you know, your time there? You know what? Robert, Robert made me feel like, yo, I could be whooping these boys' ass. Robert made me like, yo, you're not scared. He always thought I was Mr. Macho. He used to call me the Blacks again. And I used to be in there banging with them boys. And I felt like I fit in. I was there with Brandon Rios, Madonna. You know, they had a whole gang over there. So I was like, yo, I'm fitting in. I'm doing what I got to do. Marco Antonio, uh, what's his name? Rubio. Everybody was over there. Margarito. So it was like, yo, I, hey. But, you know, then when I get back to my, um, you know, because I used to think I was Boy Jones too. So, but when I, got, when I got to Robert, I really learned how to really get greasy and fight on the inside. So Robert, you know, helped me out major in my career. Okay, so uh, who are you with now, and and how's that journey? I'm with um, Coverage, Coverage Shabalaba. He was a he was a fighter. He was a heavyweight fighter. You know, he probably only lost once, and he packed it up. You know, it was too much for him. But great, great. He he was with Lou Debel, um, with Lou Duva. But uh, heavyweight contender. I'm with him, and he really we understand each other. You know. Like I was with him when I first got when I first because I was with Top Rank. Then after that, um, because when I was over there with Robert, you know that fell through. I went back to Boston, and then I got picked up by Shares Management, and they put me with um Courage, and it, it just felt great. You know, I was doing what I had to do. Me and him had a little falling out. I went with Freddie for a little bit, and then I was training with Frankie Lyles. You know, I, I've been all over the place. You know, Frankie okay. Lyles, the middleweight champion. I was with him for a while. Then um, I fought DeAndre. I was with Ivan. And then after that, I said, you know what? When I was with Coverage, I was undefeated. We was crushing everybody. It felt good, so let me get back with him. So I got back with him for the last fight, and I've been with him ever since. And that's probably where I'm sticking for the rest of my career. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you sometimes you have to you know, try you know, different you know, things. You know when the glove fits, you wear it? And yeah, he knows be more, you know, he gotta he knows when to settle me down. He knows like, hey, just let him go. He gonna get him, let him go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that makes a big difference too, because like if you know, whatever you do as far as athletics, if you have the right coach, the right system and things like that, they understand you, they can, you know, steer you in the right direction. And that makes a huge difference. So it sounds like you found that correct, that right, you know, connection. Exactly, because uh, you know, some coaches don't really, you know. They think you're a robot. They're going to tell you, just keep going, keep going. But if Coach, you know, he's a little bit, you know, Coach Courage, he's smart. He's smart. He's going to tell you, hey, you know, this round we're going to box him. We're going to hold him a little bit. We're going to do what you do. You know, some coaches, are, some coaches are trainers. Some coaches are teachers. You know, it's hard to find somebody that's going to teach you something. Anybody can train somebody. They can train you to the floor. They can train you as a dog, you know. But then you're going into that fight all broken and stuff. They don't know when to, they don't know when to, you know, tear you down or whatever you, you know they're tearing you down before you even get to the fight you're leaving everything in the gym so that's how i felt going into certain fights you know you know not taking it away from nobody but with coverage you know 
I felt nobody feels 100% when they fight. I don't care what they tell you. But <laughs> this was probably the best fight. Like, coming back, and I feel great, bro. I feel great. Uh, so basically, you know, you're Jordan and you found your Phil Jackson. Um, yep. So uh, I talked to me a little bit about how, you know, just for the average fan, you know, it feels like, you know, UFC and MMA has kind of stolen a lot of the popularity and the thunder. Do you feel that as a boxer yourself, the kind of pull that uh, UFC has taken away from the sport? Um, so you ask me if UFC takes away from boxing? As far as popularity in the, in the sport and, and kind of... Yeah, you know, I, you know what? A little bit. Because when you look back at the 80s and the 90s, it was strictly boxing. Every, everything was booming. You could be a half-assed fighter. They're going to know your name. Now, all of a sudden, they got, you know, I ain't playing nobody. You ask the average person, like, who's Terrence Crawford? He probably the pound for pound, you know what I mean? For some people, but they don't know. They got to be more publicity and more, I felt like boxing, but it's coming back. I feel like it's coming back, but then COVID want to mess it up. So, but don't get me wrong. I watch UFC. I was hoping, <laughs> but you don't get me wrong because I watch UFC, but it ain't nothing compared to boxing. Boxing chess, UFC's like, you know, you drink a beer, you go, it's a bar fight. You get somebody on the floor, you throwing elbows and all this. It's different. Boxing, you know, you got to be smart. It, it's chess. It, it's just a whole different ball game. We could talk about that for an hour. But yeah, <laughs> but I ain't going to talk down on the UFC. Dana White, yo, if you need me, man, I'll go over there and fight y'all. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, UFC, does, it did take a little bit away from boxing. But as a true fan, as a fight fan, I feel like it could be UFC. It could be karate. It could be backyard fights. You're going to watch a fight. You're going to watch a fight. You're going to tune into a fight. You know? Okay. So you, you think it's uh, already kind of on its way back? You don't have to do a whole lot to kind of get boxing back to that premier uh, combative sport. Uh, yeah, you still got to do. I think it's just you got to do a little bit more. You know, like back in the eighties, everything was boxing. You'll see commercials. You'll see Tuesday night fights, all that good stuff. They just, you know, it, I I don't even know what to explain it, man. I feel like between me, it's the promoters. Everybody just need to get together. You know, everybody want to be on this side, be on that side. Nah, man, just hey, the fight, the best fight, the best fight, the best. It's always different. Everybody want to play these games and, oh, I can't fight you because I'm on this side. This isn't the NW, NWO. And the, <laughs> what's the other shit they have? You know saying? Like, yeah, the wrestling. Yeah, man. WWE and, uh, yeah, WCW. Nah, man, everybody just needs to fight. If it comes back to that, UFC, MMA, they don't stand a chance. But they know that, you know. They ain't stupid over there. They're like, everybody's hashing their stuff out in boxing, being girls, pull your skirt down and everybody fight. Uh, you know, but I, I have to give it up to him uh, for what he's done with this Fight Island thing. I feel like that was genius to even, you know, to revamp and get the sport back on even during this COVID time. And it's actually gotten a lot of popularity, a lot of attention and things like that. You feel like boxing should have done something similar? I feel like they should have just jumped on his wave and did exactly, you know, you know, copy him. It is what it is. We could be on the, <laughs> we could be on the next island over. But when it's over and we're going to fight. Because, you know, like you said, a lot of people ain't fighting. You know, I, I work regardless. I'm running. I'm doing what I got to do. I was working out before before we got to this interview, and that's why I'm over here drenching sweat. <laughs> you know? But, like, you know, they're still fighting, still working every day. But 
it's like, you know, a lot of fighters ain't fighting. UFC, they fighting every week, a couple times a week. So he did the right thing to keep the sport alive. Yeah, I, that's, that's one thing I got to give it to him. You know, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I, I got to give it to him as far as what he does. You got to respect it. Yeah. So uh, you talked about how, you know, you got your next fight coming up. You know, what have you been doing to prepare and, you know, kind of walk me through uh, your change to middleweight and kind of how that came about and, you know, what, what can we expect from this next fight? All right, let me see. Because, you know, I was fighting 68, then I'll show up to the fight 73. I wasn't gaining no weight. I'm gaining five pounds when the other guy's gaining all, damn near 20. So I'm like, damn, they leaning on me. Y'all heavy. So they was like, you might as well, and I weigh in 66, stuff like that. So they was like, you might as well lose the six pounds, go to 160. You can still rehydrate to 70, 71, and still be the bigger guy in there. Because I'm used to getting hit by the 68-pounders. You know, people that not boxing, you know, the natural people, like, it's only eight pounds. That eight pounds turns into 28 pounds overnight. You know what I'm saying? So now that I'm at 160, it was probably the best transition that I made. It feels great. I feel like the bigger guy, you go absorb the punches a little bit. You're more confident. You're more settled. I love it. So the whole thing about this next fight, I'm sitting down and I'm really cracking. And okay. I hope everybody tunes in. They're going to see. On November 28th, it's me and Matt Abiv Korobov. He fought a gang of people. He fought the Charlos. He fought everybody. But he ain't fight me yet. And I want to show everybody, you know, I'm just as good as those guys or better. So I just got to go out there and put on a show. And, and like I, I said, your hand is fully, fully healed, correct? So yes, sir, yeah. man. So they ain't really, they ain't see me in years. They they're gonna see something. <laughs> I'm saying that even the sparring partners is like, damn, bro, what's going on? They gotta check my gloves. It's sparring. They gonna see. I don't want to talk about it. Just tune in. And they going they gonna see what happens. Uh, now you know, what is uh like when when you rehab and, and make your uh, comeback from a broken hand, does your hand become stronger or more susceptible to injury? Like what, how does that work out? Uh, um, at first, like I said, I was rushing it. So it'll hurt. It'll be swollen after every practice. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll ice it. I had uh, a bucket of rice. I'm always, you know, digging in the rice every night and they ain't get no better. It, it'll just be, it'll, it'll break the next fight. And then after that, so, I took time off. I took a whole, after the DeAndre fight, I took a year, almost a year off, and I really let it heal. I had surgery right after, let it heal for eight, nine months, then got right back in the gym, trained for, I trained six weeks for my last fight, eight weeks, but I was always running. I was always doing stuff, you know? I just really wasn't sitting down cracking with it, and then this probably was the best, you know, time heals everything. When I, when I took that real time off how I was supposed to, because I was always and eager to get back because I needed money or whatever. So now I'm like, I'm not doing no more favors to nobody. I'm doing it for me. So now that my hands are 100%, everybody's going to see what I've been talking about. Everybody wants to say, I've just been talking. But put somebody in front of me and they're going to see. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yes, sir. Uh, so I uh, can't let you out without kind of, uh, you know, talking a little bit about uh, you know other sports. Uh, I'm imagining that you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, a little bit. You can say that. A little bit? <laughs> You know, well, everybody, everybody say since Brady left, everybody's heartbroken. But, man, my man Newton doing his thing over there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, really, I, yeah. Yep. But I, mean, I love you know, to see that. When it comes to basketball, you know, I be watching my, you know, I'm on, 
I could have been in the league, man. You ain't here for me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm really liking. I love comeback stories because I feel like the league gave up on Cam, um, and even the Patriots. It took them forever to say, okay, we'll take him. You know, and uh, here he is. He's back out there. He's back doing his thing. He's, he's got his Superman flow back. Um, you know, so I really like to see stories like that. Uh, you know. And you can write your own Superman stories. Well. You know, you can uh, come back, uh, come back stronger than ever. You know, really show out and show these people, you know, what you're made of. And you know, we're gonna get uh, used to that new nickname. Uh, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna forget about, it. yeah, Rectus. We're gonna we're gonna Sorry. do our. Work. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna enjoy the the the, the uh, boxing stylings of Rectus uh, moving forward. But. Um, Hey man, it's been a huge pleasure having you on. Yo, my uh, man Mo, appreciate it, Maurice. <laughs> man, I really appreciate it. We're we gonna chop it up soon, man. Soon. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Next time we're gonna have that W. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, we we, we gonna talk like, about yeah, that. You showed out. Mark my words. You you showed out. That's all I want to hear, Mo. Appreciate it, baby. For sure. Um, and to all the rebels out there, you know, make sure you check out uh, uh his his next fight. Uh, he's gonna really show out, show out and brew. And really show you what he's made of and uh you know really like to thank everyone for hanging out with us and uh you know keep an eye on us every thursday we drop a new episode on every uh, youtube spotify apple where you like to catch your podcast and uh for our special guests ronald akeem ellis and myself we'll see you next time and please stay rebellious yes sir